Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Reaction Pod. Um, feels weird to actually. I'm Rory, by the way, hosting with Gareth looking at us, which feels weird because no, because you're because you're the traditional host. It feels like. Do you know what it feels like? You know, like when you when your dad comes and watch you play play football for the first time. That's what it's like. Um, but I'm Rory Fallow hosting um, because Matthew's still in Malta because he moved there apparently. Rory's just doing a monologue with um, Craig Clark. <laughs> Hiya, Gareth Barker. Hi, Sunderland's Mickey Law. Fume for me. And fumes Richard Easterbrook. I am absolutely fuming. <laughs> Nick Leeson. Nick Le- he looks like Nick Leeson, that's what I decided. That reference means nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And good for an audio medium as well. Um, looks, uh, for a, re- for a reference that'll make a lot of sense to football fans, he looks very much like Tony Pulis. He doesn't look like Tony Pulis. He looks like an Amish Tony Pulis. That's better. Well, we'll take a photo oh, of him. He can, he can be the... Um, yeah, we'll take a picture. He can be the... The, oh, yeah. the back of the picture just his lovely face anyway but anyway we're all human after a terrible one the very predictable 1-1 one, one draw as well as soon as McGeady missed the penalty was it, it was coming wasn't it like as soon as he missed that we were all like this has all the hallmarks of we've had a lot of momentum we've had an absolute gift 30 seconds in to go 1-0 up missed the penalty and then just not capitalise on momentum it was coming wasn't it Um. well <laughs> it was Actually, very one one wasn't it, when we missed I, the penalty? It just had the vibe. It just sucked the life out of everything, didn't it, that penalty miss? You know what was the best bit about the... I know this isn't really what you asked, but I'm just going to talk about it anyway. The best bit about that penalty miss was when he went to dummy it, like he dummies his run. The keeper just standing, looking at him. Jeff Whitley. Yeah, yeah and he just... Sh- he's McGeady, who shouldn't. He should know... You know, he's a quality footballer. Should know better, but he's like, oh, well, I'm just going to do the same thing I was going to do if he'd moved. And obviously that didn't work very well, did it? But would you have given the penalty? Because he was, even until then, he wasn't having a very good game, was he? He was overthinking things. He had that daft moment where he like, slipped on the ball and ended up on his arse as well. Um, decent chance where the keeper tipped it wide. Oh, Frankie's joining us now as well. Um, but would you have given the penalty? Would you maybe not give it a gooch who was fouled for it as well? There's, is there a stat going around that we've missed two penalties since 2011 and McGeady was both of them? Even if it's not true, I want to believe it. It's not true. I'm, even true. if it's true, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hang me hat on it. It is true. <laughs> Fine, great, confirmed. Deal agreed. Bad penalty. I've seen, I've seen other players in the squad take better penalties. I mean, Lyndon Gooch for one, he takes a good penalty. Lyndon Gooch has never missed a penalty for Sunderland, yeah. so I just don't understand what the rationale behind him not taking it is. Yeah. Is he the like his whole thing? Is he the designated taker? All this. It was interesting be- when, um, when the penalty was given. Their fullback went to the linesman. It was sort of lining up to watch as the keeper went off the line. Oh yeah. It almost felt a bit like 
is it do they know that he stutters because like the there's a rule in it that if you like if you break your run to a certain degree then maybe he was having a word saying look like watch him because he does this but the keeper obviously you know what he's going to do you know he's going to he does it every time he dummies and puts it the other side you know that's and it's easy to criticise when it goes wrong because he's scored penalties like that and everyone's happy about it but you know why reduce your chance like you should as a, you should be able to strike the balls cleanly enough to beat the goalkeeper from that distance from a penalty you don't you don't really need to do something elaborate to fake it so I'd agree like you know tight and tight in it but yeah I wasn't like devastated that McGee had the ball but I would have preferred Gooch to take it because his penalties are, he's you know he's a decisive strike of the ball and it's like in one of the corners hard as he can and yeah well even I don't know I suppose even just moving on from that I thought in some ways we were kind of lucky at that point because 9 pretty much handballed it in the box don't know how that wasn't a penalty for them. I could see that from the south stand. That's yeah. how blatant that handball was. It was like away from his body. It was a penalty all day. And uh, I know they had another shout for a penalty, which didn't look like one to me at all. But there was a lot of that kind of stuff going on. We're just like stupid fouling, niggling. Well, it just killed the I mean, game. How many free? Did they have about forty free kicks? It felt as though there was just a referee just blew a free no, kick every time. I'm not about a head injury tonight as well, wasn't there? I've never watched, seen a game that's been stopped for head injury so much. That was probably the scrappiest game I've. Yeah. Probably the scrappiest game I've seen at the stadium. I like. I, I would say most of the fouls were justified, though. I don't think. I think the referee didn't manage the game particularly well in some ways, but there were a lot of stupid fouls by our players. For example, Luke 09, don't put your hands on people's backs. Lyndon Gooch, don't put your hands on people's backs. You know, when there's a player in front of you between you and the ball, don't kick them because you know what'll happen, it'll be a free kick. Don't slide in like you look like you've never done a sliding tackle before in your entire life. Just stay on your feet. Hassle Harry, which is what we did for 15, 20 minutes, and it worked really well. And it was alarming the drop off. Like, I know the penalty was obviously just going to hit people's confidence. Your professional footballers, collectively, especially with half time, you should come out firing on all cylinders. And there's only one team did that, and it certainly wasn't ours. Does that make you think, though, we've not really addressed problems from last season? Because you can look at that being quite similar to the playoff final. Very early goal, bit of a gift in a way. And just not capitalised on it at all. And obviously, Charlton won the playoff final in the last minute. But if anything, it was on, it was looking like Rotherham were going to win us. We, apart from Wyke's chance, which will come out on it in a second, I'm sure. They looked the more likely, didn't they? They had the impetus. Well, so I have those. It, it, it's worrying that those problems look like they don't, they haven't been addressed. After the equaliser, though, it felt as though that they didn't know what to do. So it was almost like they were like, oh well. Like do we do we like go for the win or do we just sit in? And then we had the chance, but it was just like. So I think the first half and the way it dropped off, and then the descent into what happened towards the end of the game, you could blame the players for. But I think the changes in the game didn't help us. I, I understand why you thought, well, I'll get Grig on because we need a goal. But nothing, Grig sooner, maybe rather well, than White. Yeah, yeah but think, well, the thing is, but then. It was just like it was Bruce, Steve Bruce, on it all over yeah. again. It was just like this four forwards exactly. across, four forwards across the front, miles apart from each other. So as soon as one of them doesn't win the first ball, it's just like acres of space for the second ball for them. I thought that in the opening 20, 30 minutes, our midfield was arguably the best feature of our play because they pressed them really high up the pitch and would turn the ball over, and there was a lot more energy. So when they were trying to play it out, because they weren't quite as hoofbally as some of the teams were playing League One, Rotherham, they were direct, but they still did try and play it out from back to a degree. 
three and when they did Dobson and um, all nine were pressing them really high up the pitch but then like you pointed out Gareth towards the end there was no shape whatsoever all nine dropped back the right back we had all these falls on the pitch but in the midfield there was just a, a nothingness was just a void and it went from being probably the best part about our play to the worst part of it by full time when we were pressing we were pressing them into mistakes because yeah. that, that back four had a mistake had a mistake on all of them like the, the right back especially he was he was terrible put under any pressure at all we were just putting like quite simple balls forward weren't we and they yeah, couldn't exactly. deal with them like McNulty was using his body to get in front of them quite a bit like quite well yeah. whereas that, that's why I was saying, saying before why did we not bring Grigg on rather than White because White will just simply back into them yeah. and make that easy for them whereas Grigg will use that similar movement to McNulty well, one thing on McNulty just quickly I mean, it's hard because the game's flowing fast and you don't get a replay, but I wondered whether he wasn't offside for the penalty. If, uh, I didn't think he was off for his goal, but I thought, there was, I thought he might have been off for the penalty. Right, he was le- I was, we were right in line with him. Right. level. Okay. He was level. Because um, there, there was a few decisions like that, again, from the officials where you were looking, thinking, like, have we got away with one here? Yeah, like, after we scored, or nine, like... Got in behind and cross. He was about four yards offside. Yes, that one. That oh, was so blatant. So blatantly but offside. then in the second half, we started. We're getting free kicks in our box and pumping the long. And Charlie White's just standing offside like an absolute lamppost. That, that absolutely infuriated me in the second half. I think there was three or four occasions where we're just, as you say, in a straight line offside. It's static. You know what that it's is? It's a stand and start. It's, it's unprofessional. Yeah, it's yeah. lazy. It's absolutely yeah, like that, that's lazy. The, the approach that like it descended into. A lack of professionalism and a lack of discipline in in what they went out to do, and you know you can forgive mistakes in the game, but the thing what summed it up is when the in ball went went for injury time. Ozturk's got a simple pass to 09 oh. and he just puts it straight out I, th- I thought 09 is the fault for that 09 was like right in front of me there and he just was, he wasn't looking he wasn't looking at what was happening in the play and like not he wasn't, he wasn't alive to Ozturk well, playing the ball in front of him to run onto highlights the point I'm trying to make yeah yeah he oh, was yeah. so ragged there were so many incidents like that but there was one where Ozturk who that one wasn't a penalty but there was another moment where he's like running towards our goal in the second half and he heads it down to try and get it to the keeper and it was he's messed it up and he yes, put it out yeah, I think yeah. overall Ozturk was alright like generally At speaking the but yeah but my problem is we don't want to be facing our own goal our defenders hate it they don't know what to do they get really panicky they get worried they get handsy you were saying Gareth about Willis for the goal I thought Willis was alright generally because he recovered a lot of situations but I mean you might want to go well, through what he did for the goal he's got back he's recovered and then he's this tackle was rubbish, basically, <laughs> and then he's let Ladarbo have another go at it. When Conor McLaughlin had his medical, did they check that his knees and elbows actually bent at the joint? Because he's the stiffest. He's a horrific him. He's absolutely awful. It's harsh. I feel harsh comparing to Mark Wilson at the start uh, of the season because I tell you what. Well, Mark Wilson better. Better. God, he's always looked uncomfortable. He always looked uncomfortable with every kind of... He always looked out of position. He always looked at it, needed, needed to run six yards backwards. Well, did, didn't, it, just... didn't it worry anyone else that we were signing someone who doesn't play football for the club side? Because that was the first thing I noticed when we signed him. Why is he not playing for Millwall, ever? Like, he just doesn't play for them? Like, what's wrong? What's what's the issue? Apparently it's because he's not very good. So then you're back to playing Luke 9 at right-back, who finds himself out of position for another chance they had towards the end, because he isn't a right-back. So somehow we don't have a right-back. Why didn't he just hit it at the end? It's like, you're oh. ten yards from goal. Just, the, 
the big square thing with the stringy thing on the back of it. The whole I'd, point of the game is to put the ball into that. I did the most high pitch, which I won't repeat what exactly what I said. Just hit the something like so high pitched because I was that exasperated. I think only dogs could hear like like at the point I said the expletive. Um, even even like talking about not having an idea. Even the pitch invader at the end had no idea what he was doing. Yeah. Did you see the, the <laughs> yes, pitch invasion? Yes, good The point. worst ever pitch invasion I've ever seen in my he just, life. He just kind of sauntered along. He had such a joyous look on his face and then just like jumped in. <laughs> like he just jumped into the East stand. He's taken out by a dar as well. Yeah, oh, lovely. Yeah, Fra- Frankie, you've been um, suspiciously quiet so far. But voice of Sunderland. Voice of Sunderland, silently fuming. No voice, so. Well, I might do, I'm fuming. Calm down, Rory. Rory's gone So I guess one, one point, though. Is is that Jack Ross? Is 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 that on him tonight? What what? It's difficult for him to analyse that, isn't it? When? <laughs> yeah. Answer honestly, I thought it was a bad day at the office for players. You, you can't miss opportunities like the one Charlie White did, and a, a penalty like Aidan McGeady did, and you know, it it was a bad day at the office for the majority of the the, the players on the pitch. I thought. Can we just? And then Jack Ross can't do anything yeah, about that. Yeah, I would no, agree. Just I would, I would massively agree. But can we just? He, yeah. No. You, I know what kind of what you're going to say, but can we just talk about? Charlie White and why why is him being rubbish or okay yes. but I'm, I'm sure there's probably some hot take on Twitter now sizzling down the timeline blaming Will Grigg for Charlie White's miss there will be some there'll be some theory about well if Grigg had been better earlier White wouldn't have been there to miss it because he'd be playing every week yeah. or some ranch take like that it's it's <laughs> mad that if, if, if Grigg had missed like there wasn't really any fume Frankly, would have been hosting an execution. I think I said this. Did 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 White miss a sit? Uh, White miss. Well, what, the Burton game that, that was season. the worst miss I've he ever seen. He was about yard out. If, if that was, I think I've said this on a pod so far this season. If that was Grigg who missed that, he'd have a season card thrown at him, and like people would be, <laughs> you wouldn't be able to like move for, on Twitter now for lazy, doesn't want to be here, crap. Where is White? It'll just be like, oh, uh, banter. You'll go to Bolton next week, and people will be doing that C Senor chant while uh, hoying like five pound pints of crap lager around. Because it's fu- it's, fu- <laughs> it's because it's 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 funny when it's Charlie White, isn't it? But we haven't paid money for many players since we came down to League One. He has someone paid half a million pounds. No, well, you more c- than that, wasn't it? You cannot. You cannot. You're a number nine. You cannot go through one on one and be that terrible. Anyone fancy? Did you fancy him nah, score? Absolutely not. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com 
slash host. I didn't even stand up. Everyone else stood, stood around. <laughs> I walked out. <laughs> I'll tell you, I don't fancy him either at all. Just anything about him. I, I think he's one of technically one of the worst footballers I've seen play for Sunderland. He's so limited. He's just so limited. His movement. He's just got no touch. His flick-ons. People cheer his flick-ons that go to like not no one. It, it, yeah, he runs around a bit, and that's the thing that bothered me about O'Nine's performance. Yeah, he runs about a bit, but run effectively. I think Dobson did that well for about twenty-five minutes and then disappeared. When he, when he got his yellow card, he it was, the end, him. It was the end of his well, game, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, chance at the end of the half where he couldn't put a tackle in, and then the broke and nearly scored right right at the end yeah. of the half. I mean, can we? I would have max powered for him, by the way. Oh, well, for Dobson. For Dobson. Yeah, you could yeah, have yeah. taken either of them off. It would have been, but the Georg, <laughs> dear me. Dear me, again. Well, I, yeah. I mean, we're supposed to be. Able, we've got a charity on the front of our shirt this season. I think it's a charity case on the back of the shirt with his name on there. Because congratulations for that one. Absolutely <laughs> pathetic. Like I thought. Like he's in the team. So people say, think about McGee, right? He's gone. People say about McGee. Oh well. He like oh he gets he gets on the ball and blah blah blah. He's cool. Like, that he retains and recycles. Retains it. and recycles a ball or some too refined. He was too refined for <laughs> the game against Rotherham. But the, the, the great thing about it was tonight is that he got he did win the ball back frequently because he gave it away every time he touched it. And it's like well if you role in the team is to keep things ticking over, you can't give the ball away repeatedly. We didn't put a move together, I don't think, tonight, Hardy. We did on the break in the first 20, but like in the actual balance of the game, when did somebody actually get the foot on the ball and just calm it down and try and hold it? But it felt as though we just gave it away every time and he was instrumental in that, really. He, he, that's one of the issues I've got with McGeek, is I think he, he actually did win the ball back really well tonight. He read the game pretty well, sometimes after his own mistake. But... For, if you want someone who dictates the tempo and stuff he is not dictating the tempo just find an accurate five yard passes that's not dictating the tempo of the game you're passing the ball you're passing responsibility there was a moment where he gave it to Dobson in the middle and there's like well, in fact he did this three or four times he's given it to players where there's three or four people surrounding yeah. them no that's you've got long. loads of he room he takes too long to decide what he's going to yeah. do and then the moment's gone and he'll either give it away or give it to someone under pressure that isn't that isn't good midfield play that's Bad midfield play. Dictate a cat. Reminded, reminded me a lot of uh, <laughs> reminded me a lot of Liam Bridcut when he went. You know when Bridcut started mm-hmm. well, then he then he disappeared and he clearly couldn't cope. This is, but this is this is yeah yeah. This is League One. This should be a level he's comfortable at. Daryl Murphy SPL, but it just it just wasn't. It just it looked like he was struggling to keep pace with the rest of the the game and. But can I, as well, just, uh, maybe Mickey, you're probably a good person to say something about this, given Saturday's reaction. Saturday, no, but Saturday's reaction pod. People had criticised the critique of the of the team and stuff. Well, this is why people were critical. Exactly why? Because we didn't kill that team off tonight in the first 20 minutes. Then what? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think um, again. So it's a bit of an interesting debate whether it's on Jack Ross or on the players tonight. Because I think Ross will turn around and say, and like Frankie said, he might have a point for if um, McGeady allows Goose to take a penalty, you turn it up, and we played really well the first 20, 30 minutes. Who knows? We might have gone on and won the game three or four nil. But you're right. The reason the people are critical isn't because we want to be negative. It's because you can see like kind of the worrying signs there and the cracks appearing. And then you just think every time we play against a team with a little bit more quality, we get exposed for what we are. And it's just a team for me that like lacks ideas, we lack an identity, and we're just 
the first 20 minutes I could see what we tried to do but other than that it was just a disjointed mess and that's a manager who's been in the club now for more than a year and he's meant to be a progressive like tactically forward thinking manager and as I say he's not really showing a lot of evidence of that at the minute and it's just frustrating to, to me it's just he's just a man at the moment a man under pressure I guess that brings us quite neatly onto the next game because Gareth you said on yesterday's pod on Monday's pod that you're expecting nine points from these next which rightly so I guess if you were going to draw one of them tonight was maybe the forgivable one given the inverted commas quality of the opposition so but but that does put the pressure on the Bolton game doesn't it Massively. This is what we've talked about before, and this is exactly the point I was making. It's one that I disagreed with a lot of the stuff that was said in the reaction at the weekend. I've made that point. I don't disagree with the way it was presented, by the way, because you can have an articulate discussion about negative points in a game without being, you know, Arsenal fan TV, you know what I mean? And that's, I <laughs> thought the lads did that well. That's what we're doing now. Yeah, yeah. But, so there's a couple of things. It brings it back to if you don't win tonight, you put all the pressure on the easier games and you have to win them and the reason we didn't go up last season wasn't because we didn't take points of the better teams it was because we dropped points against teams like Shrewsbury and Scunthorpe and you know um, Wickham and whatever that, that was why we didn't go up last season it wasn't results like tonight it was results like not following up with a 1-1 draw down there or what, like at the weekend or whatever but what I would say is I was fine with Ross coming out and reacting the way he did mm-hmm. to the to comments that have been made widely but the problem is you do it before a game like tonight and then what happens tonight happens and then you put yourself under massive pressure because people will start saying well this is exactly what we were saying and you haven't you know he can say well we've won six and eight now if he wants to fine but and he's right but at the same time you're moving you, you know you, you've, you've got to Back it up and say, well, we played well, and you know we, we, we won the game because we didn't even play well. No, we so didn't play the way. We didn't play well. We, we, we didn't win. Apparently, so the other thing, the other thing to say on that is, I, I know what you're saying about those draws and stuff, but we've not actually improved on results. But the only result we've improved on was by beating Portsmouth at home. If you take Ipswich as being one of the relegated teams, so therefore they, they swap with one of the yeah. promoted teams, right? That's a like for like result. That's another relegated team. We've actually dropped off then. That's well, no, because that Ipswich game was away. So That's then, what I mean. Barnsley away, we drew nil nil. Yeah. So say these were the equivalent of I don't know Luton or something. We've drawn with them. It's no better or worse. Every other game, at best, we've equaled the result. Oxford was a draw. Yeah. But even the ones we've won, all right, we beat Wimbledon in more comprehensive fashion. But like, didn't we beat Accrington three nil away last season? We can't keep a clean sheet. We've kept none. We kept more clean sheets with Flanagan and Baldwin at centre back. And the, well, the lack of clean sheets is forgivable if you kill that game off. Well, if you I score six, who cares? Yeah, exactly. And, and if <laughs> the first fifteen minutes of that game was similar to that Barnsley performance, where we were just clicking, we were moving forward nicely, and they are nowhere near as good as got Barnsley got, got got a penalty like we did in the Barnsley yeah. game. I think I might be in the opener in that game. Correct me if I'm wrong, but we didn't capitalise on it and yes like you say nowhere near as good as Barnsley I agree but we didn't kill it off and it's a similar story isn't it so it's going to be interesting where we go into the Bolton game because, which I know lads who are doing Thursday probably will touch on more but they obviously because they've had the, the players come in this is a massive game for them like they're going to have their tails up for that that's not going to be it's, it's a totally different entity what we're facing to what others have so far this season but it's massive pressure on, on because 
it's got it's a one of those it's one of those games where say we win two 0 that won't be enough for some people and like because I mean I don't know how they got on tonight Bolton um, but I know they've conceded five goals in four con- more than five goals in four consecutive games so well I can tell you how Bolton got on tonight they drew nil nil with Oxford at home. Well, there you so, go. Clean sheet <laughs> for them. Yeah. And they've had two clean sheets this season. But, but interestingly, Peterborough only drew twos each with woeful Tranmere. Really? Yeah. So that's it's almost as if this league's mental, really, isn't it? Burton and Burton. Portsmouth only drew two-two with Burton. They were two-nil down, but Burton were down at ten men for a long period. And that is what kind of kept us in touch for as long as it did last season. When we were dropping points, that others that others do. Which I know we want to be steamrolling it. We want to get miles ahead of them because we're going to get hundred points. Remember, obviously. The other, point, the other point they're making on this season is there's no way, in my opinion, the same level of teams at the top of the league on what we've seen so far than was last season. Like. You remember like Luton, Sunderland and Barnsley at different times went on essentially 20 game unbeaten runs. There's no team in this league that's going to do that. So, you know, we've just got like, I'm still confident we'll go up. Well, I think the best team will be Ipswich because the manager's the best manager in the division. And that's based on the fact that he's managed at a much higher level. He's done it before he's got teams out of this division with young squads. I think, I think they'll be the most robust team They've won again tonight. Coventry have won again as well. So actually, the top mm. two are, and the goal differences are miles better than our. Well, Coventry's is three better, but Ipswich is a street ahead of ours. No, we need to batter Bolton. Yeah, but other teams like Rotherham beat put six past them since they've had the players. So we have to really smash them a bit. I mean, are you all going on you, Gareth and Mickey? Oh, yeah. yeah. All the lads. Are you going as well? Are yeah. You? I'm not. Matt, on, are you? Yeah. Oh, what a reaction. That'll be a reaction. Oh, God. Sad yeah, bad. Not hosting Darryl that Murphy's hat trick did not go down well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, well, I, I guess to... <laughs> I think just one point, one point I want to make, and I made it earlier in the, in the fan zone, is that it shouldn't be a bad thing for us to expect more out of this team. Yeah. And I don't know why it's been referred to as a bad thing, as a negative thing, as, as something that's part of the problem at Sunderland Football Club. It's not part of the problem to expect more. We can't to keep to be better. We can't keep Hartman back to look at where we were 12 months ago because it's a completely different team now. It's a completely different club. And at some point, you've got to move on from saying that just because we've had it so bad that we now should be grateful for like a little bit of an improvement. And, 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 and drawn 1-1 Drawn 1-1 at home to Rotherham Is an improvement as well um, so but they, well, you, What you've just said is right And also How long's a piece of string? Well what about compared to what we had 10 years ago When we were on the up In the top division And not at the lowest ebb in the club's entire history For the second year running Do you know what I mean? Like It's context Obviously when we came down We were at a really low point But we had a better team last season For the most part Than we have now so it's actually harder. The only blessing is that, you've, as you've said, there isn't a Barnsley or a Luton in this division, but there are a couple of sides who will probably have enough about them to go on decent runs, and we need to be one of them. With the squad we've got, we should be. We should. That's a minimum expectation. I haven't seen anything this season that to tell me we won't get promoted this year, based on what I've seen. I know that sounds contradictory given the context of the things we've discussed. I just think. White puts that one in a night. We win two, what two one, and people are like saying, "Well, we didn't play that well, but we won the game." So 
<laughs> I feel sad now. Uh, Try and give us something positive to go out on. The legs do bend at the knees. Uh, something positive to uh, next home game, the 28th of uh, September. M- MK Dons. It's going to be a food bank in the fan zone, so bring all your uh, tins for the Harvest Festival of Sunderland. Gareth will also be in the fan zone. Yeah, yeah I never know what to bring. I always feel like. I- when it takes non, off non-perishables, food bank, non-perishables and uh, to- toiletries as yeah, well. Toiletries. Not used toiletries. So if you've got any ideas for the food bank, half a link. Tweet us and <laughs> tweet, tweet us ideas that aren't like tins of beans, pasta. That's like a you know dried pasta and stuff. That's always end up taking. It's it a cop out. Is, it is like toiletries and like pasta sauce. Yeah, always. Yeah, but that's that. I know, not but at the same that, time. Yeah, exactly. Well, not together. It'll be disgusting. Um, but. Yeah, if you've got good ideas to take, you know, just to send there. Sometimes send tea there. bags. Yeah. Like tea bags, you yeah. know, I keep I forgot about tea bags. I was fuming when I, I saw there was tea bags there. But you know, Somebody anyway, needs to stop Gareth yeah, yeah, now. Yeah. I'm being <laughs> charitable. Craig. Tweet your food bank ideas food bank to idea. at Wise Men's Here Pod. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with more. More drunk fume. Thurs- no Thursday. Oh no! For reaction pods after the game on Saturday, and we've got the Thursday Manchester special. Manchester. <laughs> it is Manchester special, Manchester, though, isn't it? Isn't it? it is. Tom's going. Tom. Tom. Down, exactly. Tom's corralling all the new wise men. Say he's Manchester. A group, isn't he? Exactly. No, it's a spin-off. It's like Joy. Uh, oh no! Oh, no it's going to be like Fraser. No, no, it's early doors as a spin-off from uh, kind of a semi-spin-off from. So yeah, listen to that on Thursday and then we'll be back with more reaction on Saturday. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.